It is so great to be here today and to be with so many good friends. And uh, I want to greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, who was the first missionary ever sent. And I want to also bring greetings to you from the more than 100 nations where the Wesleyan Church exists today and are thriving and planting churches and seeing people come to Christ. It is such a joy to be here wherever you find yourself today. I can imagine some of you are alone, but I want to remind you, you are not really alone. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit with us wherever we are. Some of you might be as a young family gathering everybody, and you're already like, oh, this is crazy, trying to figure this out, and there goes another one, and there goes another one, and you're trying to have a family worship time, and it's a little bit of a stretch today. Some of you are gathered in small groups, maybe some young people, maybe some old people. Some of you might be on the road. In fact, my daughter promised that she would listen to this message while they were traveling from Michigan back to Indiana. Some of you right now are wondering, you know, whew, just good to be here and to hear the Word of God, and that's what we're going to do today. I want to remind us today that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He does that in so many different ways, but I want to ask you this very simple question as we start off before we pray. Whatever the Holy Spirit says to you today, would you just be willing to say yes? In fact, I'd like you to say that right out loud wherever you are in this morning today. Would you just say with me, yes? And I think the Holy Spirit wants to respond to us and, and to receive our yes. So let's pray together, shall we? Holy Spirit, you are the one who speaks to us. And we are so grateful for that. We're grateful that usually the words we hear first are, I love you. And we need to hear that today. We need to be reminded of how much you love us. You offer words of comfort. You offer words of strength. You offer words of of challenge, sometimes conviction, and we're grateful for that. You also remind us of things that we, we need to be reminded of. And this morning, my prayer is that you would really speak to us in a way that would give us courage, that would remind us of who you are, and that whoever we are, wherever we are, we would say yes to you. And then, Lord, as we respond with that, yes, would you give us that courage? Would you give us that ability to respond as, as only you can? And we want to trust you with that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to take us to what almost seems like a psalm. It's in Isaiah chapter 43. It's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. And I love this particular passage that I want to share today with you. It says this. This is what the Lord says. Who makes a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Who brings forth a chariot and horse, the army and the mighty man. He will lie down together and not rise again. They have been quenched and extinguished like a wick. And then he says this, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. I want to remind you that this is the time, I think it's our moment actually. Those of us who are Christ followers, this is our moment. And I want us to seize the moment that we have before us. And that's what I love about this passage. And I'm going to give you just four actions that we can take to seize this moment. The first one is remember. I, I love this passage. It's, it's Israel, and God is speaking to them, and he's saying to them, listen, 
You remember the Exodus? This was a big event in their lives. They were delivered from the Egyptians and delivered from slavery, and they crossed the Red Sea. That's really the picture of this story right here. It's talking about how when they crossed through, the Egyptians followed, and whew, the waters came back down on them. He's reminding them of the great, great activities and actions that he's given in the past. It's an amazing story. If you go back and read that in the book of Exodus, I mean, and he's reminding them, that's who I am. I'm the God who can do those amazing things. And honestly, they needed to hear that right now because they were in captivity when this is written. They're kind of prisoners. Anybody feel like you're in captivity these days a little bit? I feel that a little bit. Like, oh my goodness, it feels like captivity. And, and what a passage to speak into this. He's saying, I know where you are. I know who you are. And I want to remind you, I do really, really great things. I was at a spiritual formation retreat. It was a missionary retreat. In fact, I was with Ben Ward, who's a famous person around here in Journey and just such a great friend of mine. He's on my team. And uh, somebody was leading us through some spiritual times. And, and one of the things they said was, let's just take five minutes to listen to God. Now, I don't know what your experience is with listening to God. It's, it can be a little bit scary, like pause and hope he speaks. And what if he doesn't and stuff like that? And I've done it enough times now that I'm okay with those times where he doesn't seem to speak. And sometimes it's just good to have peace and, and some quiet. And there are other times where, man, I'm, I'm writing it down, not, not too fast, but writing down just thought after thought. And, and the person leading gave us five minutes to just listen to God. And I was really glad for that time. I had a lot going on in my life, and I was just there. And actually, I had a pen. I was writing things down, and nothing came. <laughs> One minute went by. Two minutes went by. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Speak, Lord. Nothing happening. You know, I get to the three-minute mark, the four-minute mark, and, and I just sort of surrendered and said, okay, God, I, I don't have to hear anything from you. And at four minutes and 30 seconds, I heard an address, 799 Capitol Avenue. It was the address of my home church. It, it relocated since then, but it just, I hadn't thought of that address in 30 years. The church doesn't even meet there anymore. But in that moment, God sort of exploded my mind and reminded me of all the things that happened. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I was far away from God, but, but somehow I got invited to that church. It was a Wesleyan church, just like Journey is, and, and, and somebody invited me, and I started going. And after months of time, I actually found out that God loved me. I didn't know that. I was afraid of God. You know, they talk about the fear of God. I had that because I had reason to be afraid for the way I was living and stuff. But, but I found out God loved me, and I ended up yielding my life to Christ. I, I received him as my Savior, and he transformed my life. And then that led to a whole series of prayer meetings that I didn't know how to pray. But there were prayer meetings that happened every week, and God moved in powerful ways. And all the way through my high school years, this happened when I was 15, but through my high school years, there were these prayer meetings, and it totally transformed my life. And as I was thinking about those prayer meetings in that moment that I had left in that listening time, I was reminded of how faithful God had been to me and how he transformed my life, how he taught me so much about prayer through the prayers of other people because I didn't know how to pray. But God really moved in my life. Incredible, incredible times. I was thinking about, because I was at that same retreat where I heard that address, I received a phone call. This was in Bangkok, Thailand, and I received a phone call that my dad had cancer. It was the end of June last year, in October, he passed away of 
mesothelioma. And I'll never forget that moment when I got that call. And I thought about how my dad had been so transformed by the Spirit of Christ, how in his 40s, he rough, tough construction worker, I mean, everything you can imagine. That was my dad, and he had such a transforming experience in his life where he finally yielded his life to Christ, and the Holy Spirit came into his life, and he was totally changed. I remember one of his favorite quotes. It wasn't a biblical quote, but it was so true of his life. Though no man can go back and make a brand new start, my friend, anyone can start now and make a brand new end. Man, that was my dad's that was my dad's testimony. That was his story. And when I thought of this passage, remember, you know, I thought of my dad. I thought of that. These are tough times. And a lot of us right now are thinking about the pre-COVID days. You know, you remember how life used to be? You remember how the freedom you had and all the things you could do and you didn't think about anything? Yeah, that's how it is. But I want to remind you today that we have hope. And I hope even now, you're thinking not of pre-COVID days, but of other spiritual things, happenings in your life that have marked you. And the writer here, it's, it's really God speaking, says, I want you to remember. That's the first thing. The second thing, though, is forget it. <laughs> forget it. He says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. It's so easy for us to get locked back in there. And they could easily say, oh, the Exodus, remember that, and tell all the stories about it, and keep on going and going and going about how it used to be. Remember when God used to split the Red Sea for us and all that kind of stuff? And he, he says, forget about it. Don't call to mind the former things. Don't ponder things of the past. It's like, wait a second, you just told us, you just reminded us of this, and now you're telling us, let it go? But do you know you can't go back? I mean, these guys are in captivity right now. Can you imagine? I'll bet every single day they were recounting. Why were they in captivity? Because of the sin that they had committed against God. He finally said, Okay, I'm done with you. Like, this is crazy. And he put him in captivity to, to remember the right things, but to acknowledge his lordship in their lives. They were rehearsing that every day. I know a lot of people that just live in the past. You know, it's like all they do is they have a rearview mirror in their life, you know, and they're just always looking in the past. You know, I like rearview mirrors. It helps with a little safety on the road and stuff like that. But if you pay all your attention to the rearview mirror, Hey, you're going to get in an accident pretty quick. Like, you know, you, there's a big, huge windshield there you should be looking through because that's where you're going, not where you've been. Simple little thing, but a tiny little thing because we need to do the little, you know, the little glance up there, even the side mirrors and stuff like that. But too many people are living rearview mirror lives, always looking back, always looking to the past and God is telling us, listen, you can't stay there. That can't be the place where you live. Let it go. Let it go. And so he says, forget. So remember, <laughs> forget it. And then he says this, expect. Behold, I will do something new. I love this. It's the expectancy. It's the faith factor. It's the, you know what? I want to look at hope. In fact, that's the mission that we are. I want to remind us that we're on mission. If anybody should have hope right now, it's us as Christ followers. I mean, we have hope. We know the end of the story. We know how this goes. Man, I don't want to lose my hope, and I don't want to lose the mission of what God is doing in this world and how he wants to use us.
And how come we're not? I want to give you the number one reason why I think we're not on mission as Christ followers. Right here. <laughs> I think it's because we're on this so much. Just passed a law in the state, and I live in Indiana, hands-free all the time. Nobody is really abiding by the law. I wish, sometimes I wish I was a police officer to pull all those people over. You know, I was behind a semi the other day, and it's wandering all over the road, and I'm going, hope that guy's not falling asleep. Oh, he's not falling asleep. He's looking at his phone, you know, driving the big 18-wheeler and punching buttons over here. I don't need driving. I don't know what he was doing, but it was like crazy. I, I, all over the world, this is true. Everybody's looking at their phone. I sit at red lights, and I'm like, it turned green already quite a while ago. Somebody's looking at their phone. I was in Brazil, and uh, I was traveling there, and I, I had a hotel. It wasn't a very nice hotel, but I, I realized on the second day, I have a balcony. That was kind of fun. I don't usually get a balcony in the hotels I stay in. And, and I went out on the balcony, and below there was, there was a cafe. And I could count all the people in the cafe. There were 21 people, 21 people, 19 of them were looking at their phones. My heart was broken. I just, I couldn't believe those other two people didn't have a phone. I was just, oh man, maybe we could even take an offering this morning and provide a phone for them because they didn't have one to look at in that cat. I mean, it's, how ridiculous is this? You see babies being pushed along and they're looking at a phone. Like, how early did you get a phone? Man, my kids didn't get a phone that early. But it's so distracting because we're not paying attention to the people around us because we're looking at our phones. It's just one of those simple things, but so many times. I want to remind you that there's all kinds of people around you. But man, you've got to be looking. You've got to put on the glasses and, and really look for them and say, okay, who's around me and, 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 and who could I care for? And God, are, are you speaking so that maybe I could pay attention to somebody? Maybe I could... Maybe I could help them. Maybe, maybe God, you're asking me to, to notice the people around me, and so many people, nobody's noticing anybody, because we're either looking at our phone, or you know what, we just got so many things going, that we're just not paying attention. Can I encourage you to put the phone down, or whatever it might be that's distracting, because God wants to do something new, and we've got to be expecting that. We've got to be thinking, okay, God, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I can do things in places that nobody believes it can even happen. A roadway in the wilderness. Hey, if there's a roadway in the wilderness, it's not a wilderness any longer. If there's a river in the desert, it's not a desert any longer. God wants to transform people and places and whole nations even by the power of his spirit. And I want to connect with that. I want to be part of the movement. I want to be on mission. We need to be on mission in our workplace. We need to be on mission in our neighborhoods, school, whether it's online or offline. Uh, we, we just need to make sure we're on mission. And in some of those most impossible places, God wants to do some of the deepest work because you know what? When there's a roadway in the wilderness that God's pulled off, you just know it was God, not me, not my strategy, not my understanding. It was just God. Rivers in the desert. You got any of those? You got any places where you need a roadway to, to just open up some things? You got any deserts where you go, man, we just need some rain. We need, we need a river flowing through here. I do. I've got some places like that. So he says, remember and then forget, and then expect, and then I want to close with this thought, join, join. 
Will you not be aware of it? He says, right in the middle of it, he says, I'm going to make a roadway in the wilderness. Do not call to mind the former things, ponder things of the past. I, I want to do something new. Will you not be aware of it? Again, how tuned in are we? This is the point of making it personal. How, how do you make this personal? What's one thing you could do to say, how could I actually connect and, 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 and really find out what God's doing new? One of the biggest things I think we need to do, and it goes to some of the earlier illustrations, I just think we need to listen. First of all, we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to, we need to put our ears on and just say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Holy Spirit, I'm listening. You know what? I need that kind of focus in my life. I need to just say, okay, I'm going to stop and listen to what the Holy Spirit might say to me. Because you know what? He loves to, I, I like the word nudge. He likes to nudge us and say, why don't you go talk to that person? Have you ever had that happen in your life? Have you ever thought, I should maybe ask them a question? I, this seems like a strange question. And you ask it and it's like, wow, that was just the right question. Maybe a verse of scripture comes to mind. Maybe there's just something that you go, I need to just listen a lot longer because I opened with a question and they seem to be pondering that in a different way. The Holy Spirit loves for us to hear his voice and then to follow his lead. And I want to encourage you, one of the greatest things you can do is just listen. You know what? Almost nobody listens to anybody anymore. Have you ever had that experience where you actually tuned in and somebody goes, I've never even told anybody this because it just seems like no one in my life cares or even listens. One of the greatest ways you can express love to the people around you is to put the ears on and just listen. Listen to them. Listen to the Holy Spirit and figure out maybe, maybe what God's doing in the midst of all of that. I, I was so encouraged. I was with a, a new friend the other day. His name's Kirk, and, and uh, we did a little bit of a listening time, and he really sensed that God said something to him about sharing with a, a family member, not one of his closest family members, but a family member who literally is in stage four pancreatic cancer. He shared the love of Christ with this person week or so ago but as he was listening he just felt compelled he needed to ask this man do you know Jesus would you like to receive his forgiveness and his salvation in your life he said afterwards after he heard that from the Holy Spirit he said I'm not that kind of person man I don't like forcing people I don't like telling them what they got to do but I just realized that the Holy Spirit said you need to do that and this man's dying he's in stage four pancreatic cancer there aren't any other stages so he literally went that afternoon and shared with a man named Hale. And he said, Hale, would you like to receive Christ? Would you like to open up your life, receive his forgiveness, and have eternal life? And he said, yes. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. <laughs> what, if, what if Kirk hadn't listened? What if Kirk said, well, I, I shared the, the word, I shared the news. I mean, I told him what it's about. But what if he never had asked him? What if nobody would have asked him? Man, I was celebrating. I got this text. I looked at my phone. I got a text from Kirk, and he said, I shared with him, and he asked Jesus to come into his life, forgive his sins, and make him new, and he did. And he did.
Are we listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit? I want to listen more to the voice of the Holy Spirit than I listen to the news, than I listen to politicians, than I listen to medical people. I'm not saying don't listen to those people. I'm just saying I want to most of all hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Prayer. There's another thing we can do with people. God is a, he's the spirit of prayer. And what a deep, deep connection. And In fact, I've been asking this question for about a year and a half now, way before the COVID time. How can I best pray for you? I, I'm in a conversation with people that I know well. I'm in a conversation with people I don't know well. In fact, you know what? I know some of us are really afraid of witnessing and telling people about Jesus. It gets a little nervous and like, oh, yeah, all that stuff. But you know what? One of the best witnesses you can give for Jesus Christ is to ask people how I can best pray for you. I, I, I literally had a guy who was not a Christ follower at all. He was a businessman, a very successful businessman. He was going through some tough times in the job, and I said, hey, could I pray for that? And he goes, sure. He closed his eyes, and he crossed his fingers. I'm like, okay, I've never had that happen before. But he's like, I'll take anything, man. I've only ever had one person in my life turn me down when I said, how can I pray for you? There's an powerful thing that can happen. I think it opens up a witness because it's a connection with God that's easier than saying, can I talk to you very clearly about what it means to know Jesus Christ? I think it's a great open door, first kind of step that we can take. I could tell you story after story of how people have opened up to me in incredible ways, ways I never could have predicted, wouldn't have known that about them. But when I said, how can I best pray for you? They stopped. I've sometimes had people just begin to tear up. People really strong, strong personalities and stuff and tell me about a family need that nobody else knew about. Talk to me about a thing that's happening in their work situation where they're pretty sure they're going to lose their job because of things happening around them. I've had people open up and share very deep personal things because I had listened long enough and could ask that question how can I best pray for you? And I was reminded again, who's praying for people? And do they know it? Because you might even be praying for people already. But have you ever asked them how you could specifically pray? I think it's one of the most powerful things we can do. It's a great way to join this new thing that God wants to do through us. I think it's some, it might be brand new for you to do something like that. I just want to encourage you. You could even start off by saying, hey, I'll pray for you. Um, is there something I could pray for you? I'll pray sometime later. Maybe that's a little easier for you to start. But I'm just saying, I think it's a powerful thing. How can I best pray for you? It's a great witness. It opens doors that no man can close and it doesn't draw lines that sometimes get drawn as we're trying to share clearly who Christ is. We want to do that. But one of the best things we could do is to pray. Well, we started this time, and I asked him to answer this question. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you, would you be willing to say yes? And, and you did. You did. So what has the Holy Spirit said to you? Maybe he's encouraged you with just one thought. Maybe, in fact, with the distractions that are happening in your home, you only heard one thing, but that was the one thing that he most wanted you to hear. Maybe you're right here in one of the services, and, and you, you really followed it, but you know, man, the Holy Spirit took that big highlighter and highlighted just one thing, and you know that's exactly what you needed to respond to. 
Maybe it's forgetting some of that past. Maybe it's really focusing on what that new thing is. Maybe it's something brand new, or maybe it's something that you actually remembered that you used to do, but you don't do it anymore, and you were prompted again, you were nudged again by the Holy Spirit to say, yes, I'm willing to go there again. Whatever he said to you, do it. Do it. You know, in a time like this, I just think again, who else has the message of life? Who else has the message of hope? Who else has prayers to pray with people and for people? Who else is out there to share the good news that no matter what happens, hey, this is not the only life. This is not the only world we live in. We can know Christ and know him forever. Man, who else has the message of hope? God wants to do a new thing in this time. I'm not bothered by this time. Oh, I'm inconvenienced. Oh, I don't travel. Oh, I don't get to do some of the things I really like to do. But the, the best of the mission is still right on track. I want to be known as a person of promise, and so do you. I, I want to be people of prayer. I want to be people of hope and encouragement. I want to be known as a person who has joy and a trust and a peace that goes beyond human understanding, but not beyond experience. I want to call to mind the former things and say, God, thank you, but I'm going to set them aside because I want to focus on what you're going to do new. I want to be so aware of how you're working that I can be part of this hope-filled, Christ-filled, Holy Spirit-empowered life. So whoever you are, wherever you are, let's be Let's be his, his followers. Let's be tuned into his voice. Let's set the phone down. Let's get the good vision go. Let's put on our ears and not only hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, but what the people around us are saying because we have the message of life. We have the message of life. Let's be who and whose we are. Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking to us today. And I believe that there are many who have, have heard that one thing, whatever it was for them, and you were faithful to speak that to them. For some, you encouraged them with some things they were already doing. For some of them, you challenged them. In fact, you brought to mind somebody that they're interacting with on a regular basis, maybe only on Zoom calls right now, maybe only on the phone, but maybe they have a direct interaction, and they're saying, that's who I need to pay more attention to. I could ask them, how can I pray for you? And for some of them, are going to, they're going to need courage. They're going to need just those promptings that, Holy Spirit, you give the, that little nudge to say, listen a little longer. Uh, ask this question. Smile and listen a lot longer. And Holy Spirit, I pray that when that happens, we would, we would just find ourselves saying yes. We would find ourselves saying, Holy Spirit, whatever you nudge, I will do. Holy Spirit, would you, in fact, fill me and use me and empower me for this time. You said, behold, I am doing something new. And we believe that this is a time when we need you to show yourself to be strong and mighty. And so we want to say already, we give you the, the honor, the praise. We worship you for being so engaged in this world and so engaged in our lives. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Be on mission. Follow the new thing he has for you.